You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Gobble, gobble. Hey, that means yes. <laughs> it's an area which we call the Trend Zone. It is Tuesday, November 21st, and we're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. It is a beautiful 65 degrees here in Santa Monica, Casey. In today's episode, we'll talk about the injury bug that keeps on biting the Steelers, making in-season change and some of the most awesome games. In fact, all of the yeah. awesome games coming up in the NFL this That's week. Right. Before we get that all going, Casey, we got to spring out some tasty nugs for the people. What you got? Oh, just 10 of the 12 games were within one score in the fourth quarter in week 11. <laughs> Eight games decided by one score. And overall, Dave, this season, 70% of the games have been within one score. Insane. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. As a Charger fan, that is my life. <laughs> All right. But I digress. The Trend Zone is now available for download and subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, also on Amazon Music, Casey. Let's move like it along it. through the top trending stories. Get it started. Uh, a recidivist offender is going to pay a price. Yeah, Kareem Jackson, <clears throat> excuse me, suspended for four games. The Denver Bronco, he's had a uh, panache for headhunting, and he'd already been suspended once this season, and they cut it down to two games. You would think he would learn. He did not. Coming off another brutal hit, this time they're hitting him with four, and, you know, it seems like it's not going to matter to him again. We'll see what, uh, you know, the suspension is next time, but – NFL is working as hard as they can to get those headshots out of the game. And this guy just doesn't seem to get it. So, yeah, no doubt. No, I don't think there's a lot of gray area in the, in the hits that, that we, you know, we, we, we've seen he's uh, you know, he's an egregious uh, repeat offender. So yeah, uh, it, it, he definitely uh, is, you know, deserving of this particular, uh, you know, suspension so. and the, there's no benefit of doubt with this guy anymore you know what i mean i know sometimes it's a bang bang play it always is resume yeah. says that this is in his arsenal and you got to change it up got to figure out a way to do it differently all right casey moving along <laughs> blame canada <laughs> i'm not your buddy friend <laughs> not your pal you, buddy <laughs> you know it's gotten bad when the Steelers do make an in-season change it had been uh I think since 1941 since they had done that so it's been <laughs> wow. a minute but the Steelers announced uh offensive coordinator Matt Canada would be relieved of his duties um Tomlin real quick I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication I wish him the best moving forward in his career that's it. <laughs> and instead, he didn't even tell the players it was done before he let those guys know. So um, it's hard to argue with that. They've been outgained in every game, mm -hmm. 28th in yards per game, 30th in yards, 28 in points. So what are you going to do, man? 13 touchdowns yeah. for Pickett and 13 yeah. interceptions. So yeah, something had to change. 
Some had to change, Casey, no doubt about it. I've been talking about that Steelers offense <clears throat> and their ineptness uh, all season long, despite the fact that they have a winning record at this point in time. All right, Casey, <clears throat> the Colts have moved on from what was once a premier player. Yeah, Shaq Leonard, uh, 2018 second-round pick, former first-team All-Pro. They're letting him go. The price tag and the amount of injuries piling up. Um, they thought it was time to cut bait on him. I think he's still got some left in the tank, maybe just not for the money there. So um, he's released. He'll have to clear waivers. And I think he probably will. I don't think anybody's going to jump up this late in the season to eat that contract. So if he does clear waivers, he'll get his choice of teams of where he wants to go. And with any player that's released, there's always speculation that it's going to be the Cowboys. But of he course. does have the history with Gilly there. Um, just uh, last year, actually, you know, so maybe Stefan will put the word out and you bring Shaq Leonard there, Cowboys, you know, losing Van Der Esch for the year and maybe permanently this could be a, a good fit for the rest of the season and who knows moving forward. I wonder if there's any offset language in the contract that because why wouldn't you just continue to have the player play for the Colts? rather than cut him, maybe they're looking to sort of have somebody, even if they don't assume the contract by picking them up off waivers, maybe there's some off, offset language that they could get a couple of million back or something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll find out pretty soon on that for sure. I imagine so. No question. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of name doesn't just um, go unclaimed for sure. All right, next up, Casey, very disappointing news for the Noinas. Yeah, Talanoa Hufunga, the big-time safety for the Niners. He's done for the year. He got a torn... ACL last week. Um, he's a major part of that defense and ascending young star in this league. So he'll be next man up there. And we'll get in that a little bit later when we look at the uh, the Niners game. But uh, a tremendous loss for that 49ers defense. No question about it, Casey. Moving on, considering uh, a Ravens have a, a player or a, one of their birds with a bum talon. Yeah, dude. Uh, and it's unfortunate for those Ravens. Mark Andrews, he's going to undergo surgery on the ankle. And that's probably going to be it unless they make it to the Super Bowl. And I think it's probably still it. That's a tough loss for this Ravens offense is, you know, he's Lamar's main go-to guy. They have a couple tight ends that they like. And we'll get to that when we look at this Ravens game too. But that might mean uh, more targets for the receiving core. So, um, definitely some fantasy implications on this, but the bigger thing is just a total bummer for Mark Andrews. He's a former yeah. Sooner, a, a tremendous star in this league and a big no part question. of the Ravens identity. So just, yeah, it's a bummer, but it's this, you know, it's the hip drop tackle. It's getting a lot, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about it. If they get this out of the game, I don't know how you get it out of the game. Yeah. It, it's, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, obviously, They've legislated a lot out of the game, but this one's a pretty tricky deal. Uh, no question about it. It's um, it's hard to bring a dude like Andrews down, you yeah. know. Yeah, but we was, saw it. Yeah, just a couple plays later, it happened to Lamar. And when right. you watch it in the games, you're always worried when they crumple on those legs. As a lot of times, you know, well, these guys aren't going down easy. You know, it's no. like you got to bring them down. You know, yeah. So. And it it is tackle football, so um, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do moving forward, but probably who knows. Yeah, it's a it's a huge loss. He's uh, like you said, the go to guy for Lamar, without a doubt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, rarely does that kind of thing happen. Heading into a Charger game, but <laughs> you know we probably won't take advantage of it. <laughs> okay, moving Casey along to what the people come here for, what they 
gather around for it's the game previews as we cover every single game in detail here heading into week 12 of the nfl schedule wait what yeah so we're heading into week 12 of the nfl schedule week 12 yes sir it's slipping away <laughs> it is <laughs> i tell you man when we hit this the uh Signpost up ahead says Thanksgiving games. Um, at least we get a little extra treat on Friday. We'll get to that first. But, Dave, let me go ahead and get it started with the morning game on Thanksgiving. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. And those Lions are seven and a half point favorites at home. Yeah. And the Packers coming off a big win at home versus the Chargers 23 to 20. Uh, to get their record up to four and six for the second straight week. Jordan Love set a career high in passing two weeks ago. It was 289 and two touchdowns last week, 322 and two touchdowns, including the game winner, a 24-yard TD to Romeo Dobbs with just 238 left on the clock. And with the game on the line, packed down by four, Love led a six-play 75-yard drive to take the lead. It was a much-needed win for a team that had lost five of the last six to get them in the right column there. The Lions needed a rally from a couple of scores down against the Bears to get a 31-26 to win and get their record up to an impressive 8-2, and threatening for that number one overall seed. Mm -hmm. Down by 12 to the Bears with just 420 on the clock. The Lions, 12. With 420, 420 hey. Oh, I thought hey, that was hey. you were going to say. 420, hey, come on. <laughs> yeah. Lions went six plays, 75 yards in just a minute, 16. Cut the deficit to five. They followed that up with an 11 play, 73 yard. Score the go-ahead TD, two points. Oh, and they finished the game for a, with a safety for good measure uh, to score 17 points in the final 420 of hey. the game. What a comeback. Unbelievable. The Pack are playing better, but the Lions are one of the best and hottest teams in the NFL. Yeah, there's a, so much to be stoked about for the Lions team. And, you know, I think everybody has a little love for them, besides maybe if your team is in the uh, NFC North. But it's a fun story to watch, and they're definitely going to be contenders down the stretch. Yeah, they're, they're an exciting team to watch and a, and a fan base that it has been woefully, you know, in need of an exciting Starving. team to watch. Absolutely. Right? All right, up next, Casey. It is the Washington Commanders. At your Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys at home favored by 10 and a half. Yeah, the FT's coming off a weird and embarrassing performance against the Giants. Held the Giants without a rushing yard in the first half. Five sacks in the first quarter and nine overall. And the Durs, that's what I'm calling them now, Dave, the Durs. They ran 23 more plays than the Giants and had 111 more yards. How did they lose, you might ask? Six FT turnovers. Sam Howell, three interceptions. Also, terrible pass defense when DeVito wasn't getting sacked, dude. 18 to 26, 246, and three touchdowns. In comparison, dude, this cat had 86 yards total against the Cowboys just wow. a week earlier, man. So Dak should have a monster day against uh, that Durs defense. Cowboys <laughs> ranked fifth path off, pit, blah, 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 fifth ranked pass offense. Second in points per game at over 30. Tony Pollard coming off his best game since week two. He had 12 carries for 61 yards. That's over five a carry and a rushing TD. It feels like the offensive line 
it's finally rounding into shape for the Cowboys. Everybody's oh, yeah. getting healthy and they're getting that cohesion. Saw Terrence Steele looking a lot more like he did pre-injury. And this is back-to-back games that that O-line hasn't allowed a sack. So I mentioned Dak should shred this defense. He's been playing outstanding football, Dave. His last four games, 105 out of 148, that's 71% completions, 1,271 yards, 13 touchdowns to just two interceptions. He's also mixed in some timely runs, but he's also using his legs to move and get out of trouble. That's been a huge difference here. Yeah. And, um, you know, the red zone offense up to almost 70% their last three games. So that was kind of holding them back early in the season. It looks like they're kind of figuring that thing out. And that's a, that's good news for the Cowboys defense, blah, blah, blah. Michael Parsons, blah, blah, blah. Deron Bland expect the boys to hassle how heavily, Come on, <laughs> you know it. i love it dave you know i, I love that it alliteration there dude how has been sacked at least three times in 10 of the 11 games they've played this year that's 51 on the season add in 12 interceptions and two fumbles and a lot of the ft nation wants the fts to lose out so rivera is sure to be fired wow. the players don't think like that mm. and they would love to ruin dallas's thanksgiving if the boys play clean they will smoke these jive turkeys Cowboys have won 12 in a row at home, and if they have any hope at catching the Eagles, they can't drop a game like this. Oh, and Dolly Parton is performing at halftime. How about that? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm just looking for uh, Bland to get spicier even and get that fifth touchdown return on a pick, baby. That one will blow my mind. <sighs> that will be epic, dude. Guy's balling. <laughs> All right, up next, San Francisco 49ers at the Seahawks. The Seahawks, excuse me, the 49ers on the road in Seattle are favored by six and a half. Dave, these Niners are back. If you ask me, they are the best team in football. Unfortunately, they did lose the safety Hufanga with the Torton ACL. He is done for the year, but Ricky Jair Brown starting in place Hufanga. He came in last week and got an interception. So they are going to miss Hufunga, but luckily the 49ers, they also have Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Chase Young and Eric Armstead. Yeah, you get it. Fifth in total defense, third versus the run, first in scoring D at 15.7 per game. Oh, offensively, CMC is leading the league in rushing by almost 150 yards, dude, and leads all back in receiving yards too. What else? Oh, yeah, he leads the league in touchdowns with 14. And then Brock Purdy last week, 21 to 25, 333 yards, three touchdowns, and a passer rating of 158.3, the highest possible mark. You're going to have to play such a clean game to beat these guys. Tell me how the Seahawks can hang in this one, Dave. Yeah, I don't know if they can, but we'll see. They, they're they're, they're going to go for it here, and the 12s might help. But Seahawks dropped last week's game to division rival L.A. Rams Wow. And as a result, dropped into second place uh, out of that tie that they were holding on to in the NFC West. A game back of San Francisco it makes it even more pivotal if they want to have a chance to win this division. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks were winning last week, thirteen to nothing and sixteen to seven, before letting the game slip away, scoring only three second half points and giving uh, up ten unanswered in the fourth quarter of the Rams. Adding injury to insult, Geno Smith got banged up and missed some time, and Kenneth Walker got knocked out of the game in the first uh, first quarter. So, as you well know, fantasy yeah. fans, right? 
And Gino, in his timeout, um, Drew Locke was like two for six and basically lost the game for them. But that is a side issue. All that being said, the Seahawks rallied late and had a chance to win the football game, only to have Jason Myers miss a 55-yarder um, in the waning seconds. He did make a couple of 50-yarders, but he missed the game winner. I thought they screwed that last sequence up and were too nonchalant yep. on that third down play. They just ran a little thing to get the ball. Let's hit an out. yards, man, yeah. just because he made Spike two it, of them already. Yeah. You got to get closer. You got to make that a better than 50-50 shot, you know, yeah. which is what, I don't know, you know, whatever you want to call it, a 50-plus yarder. I don't think those are high percentage, you know. Mm-mm. Pete Carroll, though, said uh, Geno Smith was, you know, wasn't sure if he was going to play uh, th- this week against the Niners. We'll see. He has no idea on the availability. It sounds like we'll see how it goes. Sounds like uh, – they don't want Drew Locke to start this football game, right? <laughs> and Kenneth Walker, he had the obliques uh, uh, suffered like strain there, and that thing was pretty gnarly. They said he could barely move, he could barely walk around, uh, and obviously he did not return to that football game. It will be Zach Charbonnet getting the lion's share of the load there uh, if Walker cannot go, and that's a really nice one-two punch that you'd love to have handy in such an important football game. Yeah, that's a lot if Walker can't go to put on the rookie Charbonnet's. Yep play going up against that Niners defense might be a little bit tricky. Tricky indeed. Dave, here's a little tasty treat. You know, you're you're in your little tryptophan coma on Friday. Oh, a little Black <laughs> Friday football. Okay, I'm in. We're talking the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets, and those Finns are nine and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, I'll start it off with the Dolphins. They held off a Raiders comeback last week to get a 20 to 13 win. And bring their record seven and three, a game and a half lead over the Buffalo Bills. Tua passed for 325 and two touchdowns, although a pick. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill had uh, 10 receptions, 146 yards, and a TD in that one. Unfortunately, the return of Devin A. Chain was very short lived as he re aggravated that knee uh, and had to leave the game. Also, Mekhi Becton uh, uh, injured, and he'll have an eye. Uh, uh, MRI, but um, uh, that's on the Dolphins side of the equation. Moving along to the Dolphins, uh, they continue to lead the NFL. Excuse me. The Dolphins continue to lead the NFL in total offense at 434 yards a game and scoring offense at over 30 yards a game. And Tyreek Hill leads the NFL with 1,222 receiving yards. That's nine receiving touchdowns this season at this current pace of 122.2 per game. He'll he'll exceed his 2,000-yard mark, as he claimed he would, at 2,077-plus yards on the season. First ever to do that one, right? Defense a little bit below average. His worst uh, category, though, is points given up, where they're 23rd. Tied, actually, unbelievably with the Chargers at uh, just under 24 points a game. They are good at getting after the quarterback, though. Tied for eighth with 31 sacks. The four and six Jets continue to be futile offensively they are negative 54 in the points differential they went 0 for 11 on third downs in sunday's loss to the bills 10 games into the season they're under 23 percent on third downs the lowest for any team since 1991 when they started keeping track of the stat (laughs) so that's pretty bad this led to the benching of zach wilson uh he's now third string behind tim boyle and trevor simeon boyle's 0 and 3 is a starter and it looks like he may drop another game uh, with a week 12 start against the Dolphins. So Jets defense is pretty good. 
Unfortunately, they're not very good against the run. They're 30th against the run, and it seems like a very tall order for the Jets' defense to slow down that Miami offense and for the Jets' offense to put enough points on the board to make any kind of game of this thing. But we do have football on Black Friday. Yeah, kind of. You know, there'll be there'll be some college games that might be a little bit more fun to watch than this one. They Amazon dreamed, oh, we have Aaron Rodgers. First Black Friday game. Oh. Dolphins mm-hmm. are fun to watch, though. I mean, and it's like you said, it's football. It's fun. <laughs> it's tasty. <laughs> and supplement that with some college. And yeah. we're in good shape. That's right. All right, moving along to the uh, early slot on Sunday, Casey. The New Orleans Saints are at the Falcons. Falcons are at home favorable by, by one. This one kind of went back and forth a little bit. It's kind of uh, it was virtually a pick em, but uh, should be a good football game in terms of competitiveness. Yeah, the Falcons made the move back to Desmond Ritter as QB1. Heineke had been inserted as the starter, but he got hurt. So um, without injury, it's probably going to be Ritter for the rest of the season. And he's been pretty good, just too many turnovers, six interceptions, seven fumbles if he can limit those then there's no reason the falcons can't stay in the mix just a game back and they're finally getting Bijan more involved in week 10 he saw a career high in touches 22 carries for 95 yards and a td but only two targets in week 10 and only three catches in his last four games dude they got to find a way to get him more involved in the pass game yeah. it's something that he was really good at in college so and it could be a huge part of their offensive scheme overall. Um, the Falcons, kind of middle of the road, but a very manageable schedule, including a num- another game against these Saints to finish the regular season. So it's probably the South or bust for the uh, Dirty Bird playoff dreams. But they got a shot. They do. So, and let's move it over to the Saints. Coming off their bye, but before that, they took a 27-19 loss to the Vikings at 5-5. Five and five. They uh, The Saints sit alone on top of the NFC South, but just one game in front of both the Bucks and the Falcons, uh, which just makes this sort of a de facto game for first place. Last game, Derek Carr was concussed, and he still remains in the concussion prog- uh, protocol as of Monday. They haven't cleared him yet, uh, I don't believe, as of today either. Uh, he'll have to be cleared to practice and then see how he responds uh, to the extra work to see if he can go. Otherwise, it'll be Jameis Winston again, who actually had two touchdown passes in relief uh, in their last outing there. Kamara has played better and had 75 yards in that game. Chris Olave had 94 yards in a touchdown uh, in their last outing. So defensively, the Saints has been uh, very solid all season. Eighth in total yards versus the path, pass and in points given up at just under 20 points a game. We're also fifth on third down. But if they are weak, it's in stopping the run, which is probably what the Falcons are going to want to do in this football game. Mm-hmm. So it should be a matchup where we see, uh, you know, the Falcons have some uh, advantage there uh, where they can try and attack. Yeah, it's a nice one-two punch with Algier and Bijan. So uh, this For is sure. a big game. So hopefully those guys play it. It's a little worrisome that Carr is still in the, yes. the concussion protocol after the full bye week. Right. We're talking 10 days later. Yeah. Uh, hopefully um, that works out for him. But yeah. that is going to be a good game. All right, Dave, I don't know if this is going to be a good game or not, but, you know, it sounds good in theory. We got the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Steelers are one-point favorites on the road, now Canada free. Yeah, exactly. And obviously the, the point spread has 
influenced by the lack of a certain Joe Burrow on the Bengals. But let's go Steelers here, Casey. Six and four Steelers coming off a 13 to 10 loss to the Browns last week um, and facing a rookie quarterback. Pittsburgh has a winning le- record despite, and we talked a little bit about the top. He stole my thunder a little bit, Casey. This is my, this is my gig, right? They have a, a winning record despite being negative 29 in per points differential and being outgained every single week yardage-wise in the season. Last week, the, the Steelers finally paid the price for relying on turnovers and a few timely plays late to win the game. And obviously, Matt Canada also paid the price as he was fired. It looks like quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan or running backs coach Eddie Faulkner or some combination thereof will be assuming the duties there at the OC. They have kind of left that a little blank, I think, uh, intentionally. Pittsburgh, statistically, uh, I just mentioned how bad they are offensively. They're bad defensively, too, aside from the turnovers um, that they have created and the sacks that they're able to get. They are 29th uh, um, on offense, 29th in yards and 28th in points. You mentioned that earlier. And uh, ranking um, 31st in passing and 16th in rushing. So they are not good on that side of the ball, which is why the departure of Canada. They have gotten the running game going lately, though. Last yeah. week, Warren rushed for 129 yards, career high, and a touchdown. Um, and he had just nine carries, so it was an over a 14-yard average. So obviously there's good news, bad news there. They got the explosive run play, but the rest of them weren't all that great. You know, on defense, 27th in yards, 23rd versus a pass, 23rd versus a run. Uh, the good news is they they hold teams out of the end zone. They're seventh in points given up. Wow. And they're tied for second in takeaways with 19 and number one in the turnover ratio of plus 11. Turnovers go a long way, but that's what they were relying on kind of to get um, their W's really thus far this season. We'll see if the firing of Canada has a positive effect on that frustrating offense for the Steelers. Yeah, I got a good news, bad news scenario over here with these Bengals too. The good news, since he's five and five and have three of their seven remaining games against AFC North teams, mm. but they're also behind the five and five Colts, Raiders, and Bills, and the seven other playoff teams. More bad news. Hi. I got a lawyer friend back there. Nice. Um, the Bengals, 0-3 in their division, 1-5 in the AFC. This is a must-win for the Steelers, but the rest of their games are all must-wins. So <laughs> I just don't see a path to the playoffs for these Bengals, especially without Joe Burrow. Yeah. It was going to be damn near impossible with him. And now um, the best I think they can do is play spoiler for some of these other teams. Unless Jake Browning is about to go on an unbelievable run, which I doubt. Speaking of runs, since he's not very good against it, 31st out of 32 teams. You mm-hmm. mentioned the Steelers getting it going a little bit. This could be a long day for them kitty cats. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. That's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right. it's never good. Hey, what do you like? think about my new song? It's interesting. What do you think about this outfit? It's interesting. What do you think about this game? It's interesting. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's go with the next game on the schedule, shall we? It is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. This is a close one. Jags are on the road favored by just one. Yeah. Go ahead and raise your hand if you had this week 12 matchup between the Jags and the (laughs) Texans as a battle for first place in the AFC South. Not I said the dude. Not he, said the dude. 
<laughs> man, maybe the best story in all of football, though, is rookie C, uh, quarterback C.J. Stroud, the favorite for, you know, offensive rookie player of the year and a legitimate MVP candidate as of now. Wow. If wow. the Texans can take care of the football, they destroyed the cards last week. Five possessions in Cardinal territory and zero points. A missed field goal and three interceptions. That will get cleaned up. Trust me on that. The interceptions very out of character for Stroud. Um, wasn't what isn't out of character is him hooking up with Tank Dell. That's been a very prolific rookie combo. Last week, Dell eight for one forty nine and a touchdown. That's his third hundred yard receiving game of the season, and they've connected for forty two catches and six hundred fifty nine yards and six touchdowns. Devin Singletary out of nowhere, he sparked the run game for these Texans. Back to back hundred yard run games for him. Defense clutch down the stretch last week. Rookie Will Anderson says about rookie head coach D'Amico Ryans, we love playing for this dude. And it shows the way they ball out a lot, dude. I mean, a lot of young playmakers on both sides of the ball for these Texans. Let's see how they respond to their biggest test of the season with the most on the line. I'm intrigued. Yeah, this is definitely, um, like you said, we didn't see this coming at the beginning of the year, but this is one of the big games this weekend. Mm -hmm. Seven and three Jags. We're on a five-game winning streak before getting blown out a couple of weeks ago by the Niners. They got back on tra track last week, dominating the Titans 34-14. to 14, but And they're still in first place in the AFC South, but just that one-game lead over Houston, again, making this kind of a first-place game here. And um, Houston already beat them once. Hello. So that would be that would put them in first place. Last week, Trevor Lawrence completed 75% of his 32 passes for 262 and two touchdowns, a season high 119.5 quarterback rating, and rushed for two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley had a phenomenal day, seven catches, 103 yards, and two touchdowns last week. Overall, Jacksonville offensively is just a little bit above average in all the major stats, and their defense is 19th in yards. They're fourth against the run, tied for 11th in points, but at just over 20 a game. They're excellent on third down. Always sounds uh, sounds great, right? But they're not as good at defending the pass, ranking just 29th, mm. ranking the pass. That is a weakness that may come into play the way C.J. Stroud has been lighting it up. Who would think that C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback, could be the guy shredding this Jaguars defense to make this thing a real fun football game. You know, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's still making those catastrophic mistakes, and it's That's costing right. him against the teams like San Francisco and some of the bigger – he's getting away with it in some of these games. I don't think he can get away with that in this game. Whew. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. All right, up next, Casey, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts at home favored by two and a half. Yeah, another loss for the Bucks, and they're kind of looking at next year. I don't want to kill their season yet, but right. I would hope <laughs> that they stick with Baker and give him another shot. But, dude, this could be a whole new coaching staff down there. You know, who knows what the future of the Bucks is. They got a lot of aging veterans on both sides of that team. So it could yeah. be a whole new look from top to bottom. But for these Colts, man, they are just outside the mix in the AFC. They won two in a row before their bye. And they have two divisional games left and five out of six games versus AFC opponents. So it's all right there for them, man. The the one-two punch with Taylor and Moss is looking sweet in the backfield. If the porn stash 
Minshew can just eliminate his turnovers. Mm-hmm. These Colts could be a factor in the playoffs, dude. That is fascinating. At five and five, they're just sitting there, and the Minshew magic is just—it's it, fun, you know. It's yeah. fun to root for the. And like I said, yeah, he does make catastrophic errors, but he makes plays too. He's yeah. a gamer, and it's fun to watch that. Absolutely. All right, up next, the New England Patriots are at the New York Giants. A Patriots are three and a half point favorites on the road. And this case, he is a rematch of two Super Bowls, of course. Super Bowl 42, Manning and the Giants ruined New England's perfect season. Most memorable play in that one, Tyree with the helmet catch on third down. Uh, it, it was pinned to his helmet as he hit the ground. 32-yard first down conversion. Uh, and then they followed that up four years later. Uh, in Super Bowl 46, beating the Pats 21 to 17. I think it was a nice sack of Brady um, or something later that one that made it uh, good. The, in both cases, the the Giants defense played a, a really nice role. And dude, if Asante Samuel Sr. gets that pick, that Tyree oh. play never happens right through his damn hands. Perfect season slips through. And Dave, Ooh. if I hadn't seen those games, I would not believe you <laughs> that these teams were in the Super Bowl. I would say, no way. I don't believe it. You are lying, my friend. But right. they were there. But I guess life is just different with a Hall of Fame quarterback. A little easier to win, yeah. But the Giants did win last week, and they were looking much better. And the Pats, they didn't lose last week, but mainly because they were on a bye. <laughs> Convenient. We don't know who's going to play quarterback. It could be Jones. It could be Zappi, or it could be Greer. I think it's going to be Greer. Why not? You kind of know what you have in both of those other guys. Yeah. Season's gone to hell anyways. Uh, let Will Greer get out there and rip it. Um, Super Bowl rematch. This will not be confused for. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, both right. these teams uh, fumbling around at the quarterback position right now, right? Yeah, what do the Giants do? You know, moving forward, Daniel Jones, he had his surgery this week. That's 8-10. to 10 you know, months. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of money invested in him, but yeah. If they get Caleb Williams up there, if they're, it's going to be hard not to. Right. If one of these two, you I mean, you got to look at those, uh, the, the, how, how the draft shakes out between, I mean, there are a lot of things that can happen between now and then, but man, oh man, the temptation to bring in somebody new and start, start fresh. Yeah. Winning games doesn't help either of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, let's go ahead and move this thing forward. It is the Carolina Panthers at the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, the one-and-nine Panthers have struggled mightily all season in Frank Reich's uh, first and maybe last season coaching the team. The top overall selection quarterback, Bryce Young, who passed for 123 yards and a touchdown last week in a blowout loss to the Cowboys. It's hard to find much to get excited for um, at this point in the season for the Panthers. They don't even have the top draft pick uh, that they may very well earn uh, due to the fact that they traded that away to acquire Bryce Young, who seems too small to play NFL football. Now we've, you know, I mean, obviously it's too soon, you know, to, to, to judge, but the way things have gone so far, it has been very, very disappointing. Um, the hits that this cat is taking are taking years off his life. I mean, yeah. it's some of the most brutal hits. This like Rob Johnson style back in the right. day, the Buffalo court. Brutal. Oh. Yeah. Finding a way to get like unbelievably ragdolled. Yeah. And uh, he's just not that big. And we've seen quarterbacks ruined uh, in their first and or second year, you know, moving ahead. Just you, you can't take that many hits. 
Um, moving along, though, Casey, the Titans are having a similarly disappointing season at three and seven, and the fifteenth seed currently in the AFC's uh, playoffs uh, run right now. I'm not really uh, a numbers are- guy, but. There's only 16 teams in each conference. That's right. That points him a lot closer to the top <laughs> of the draft, Casey, than it does to the playoffs. A lot closer. The most important thing now is, again, taking a look at Will Levis. What do they've got there? Uh, despite getting blown out by the Jags last week, Levis did complete 13 of 17. That was 76.5%, a career high for him at 158 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. So a really nice game this is what you want to see. There's some older dudes. We talked about it with the previous uh, conversation. There's some older dudes on this roster that may or may not be there next year. Um, and there's some there's going to be a turnover here. I don't know if it includes the coaching staff or uh, they have a pretty relatively new GM there. So I'm imagining that they're going to go ahead and try and find a way to reset this uh, through the draft. Yeah, I just disappointing for these Titans that they were never able to get over the edge with even some of these great teams. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Dave, up next we have, Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals and the Rammies are half point favorite on the road. Yeah, this is a rematch of a week six game won by the Rams 26 to nine. The Rams four and six coming off that 17 to 16 comeback win over the Seahawks to complete the season sweep there and to keep their playoff uh, hopes alive, really, ultimately getting quarterback Matthew Stafford back last week gave them a huge lift on the offensive side. Royce Freeman had a nice game, season-high 73 rush yards last week. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup suffered an ankle sprain. They're calling him day-to-day. I imagine he will play, but keep your eye on that. Um, If they want to make the playoffs, it's going to have to continue with a win this week against the the Cardinals. That's for the Rams. They they can't let this one get away. The Cardinals, on the other side, came up short 21-16 last week at Houston. It was a pretty impressive performance, actually, against the quality Houston team. They're 2-9 in Jonathan Gannon's first season as head coach, but they played a lot better since getting their quarterback back. Kyler Murray had 265 uh, scrimmage yards and two TDs last week, and you know, with the second worst record in the league, the Cardinals may be better off finishing finishing off the tanking job that some suggested they initiated on draft day when they set themselves up for future success by trading for future draft picks. Don't don't tell Kyler that though, Casey. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play his ass off. Yeah, I really love Kyler's game. Yep. And that team definitely has some more juice. They just got uh John Connor back as well. So yes. Like I said, uh, fan bases might want these teams to tank, but the players that are still invested, no. They're out there to try to win every game they can. Up next, Cleveland Browns at the Denver Broncos. Broncos favored by two and a half in this one. Dude, and talk about a 180, you know, for these these brownies. I can't root for this team when Watson is the quarterback, but now that it's DTR, dude, That is my dude. He was much better in his second career start. He limited his mistakes and gave his team a chance to win. Very polished for a fifth-round draft pick, dude. Um, but Might have been a decade in college. Yeah, he had 48 starts in college, man. This guy is a playmaker, 47 years old, but who cares? Um, He's got a great (laughs) run game and even better defense to lean on. So this Browns defense leads the league in total defense and passing defense. Is giving up less than a hundred yards um, on the ground too. So they're 
and the way their schedule breaks out in the uh, down the stretch here, man, these guys could be right in the mix. So I make the Browns are making the playoffs. They have an outside chance at winning the division, mm-hmm. but if DTR can continue to progress, Browns are going to the playoffs. Well, they're in position to with that record. All right, moving on to the Broncos. Okay, see, since starting the season one and five, the Broncos are on a four-game win streak to improve their record to five and five. They are now second in the AFC West and just a game back of two teams that currently hold wild card spots. They've been playing a lot better, obviously, beating some good teams as part of their revival, like the Chiefs and the Bills, and most recently being the Vikings 21 to 20 on Sunday Night Football. Russell Wilson completed 77 plus percent of his passes in that one for 259 and a touchdown. The Broncos defense, which was historically bad early in the season, has played much better during this win streak. Creating turnovers has helped immensely as well as the Broncos are now tied for second in the league with 19 takeaways and are plus six in the turnover differential. Now they face rookie quarterback DTR in just his third start. Like I agree with you. We're both fans of this kid, but it's going to be uh, a tough start for him against the Broncos uh, defense and in Denver uh, where they can get pretty rowdy. Yeah, man. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Maybe not a team hotter than those Denver Broncos. Whew. Yep. All right, Dave. Up next, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders, and those Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yes, and the Raiders had a two-game win streak going as interim head coach Antonio Pierce definitely gave them a boost, but they fell short last week in a valiant effort, mind you, losing to the Dolphins 20-13 to in a failed comeback attempt there right at the end. Um, QB Aiden O'Connell passed for a career-high 271 and a touchdown last week. Devontae Adams had seven for 82 in a score. Renfro uh, had a season high with five catches and 42 yards. So the fact that that's his season high is a little uh, disappointing because that guy can play. Yeah. Ru- running back Josh Jacobs was pretty much bottled up by the Finns last week. But before that, he had several decent outings uh, since the ousting of McDaniels. Statistically speaking, though, the Raiders are not very good offensively. And on defense, the Raiders are solid versus the pass. But just 27th versus the run. Hopefully, for Raider fan, Max Crosby can get after Mahomes and make a couple of big plays in this one. That might be the difference if they want to try and steal this win. Yeah, dude, the Chiefs gave away a game on Monday night. And even so, as of now, they do not have a go-to receiver that they can trust. Rice is getting closer, but he is not there yet. MVS, tough catch. But game-winning catches are supposed to be tough, and it's just you got to make that play when it presents itself. Yep. One of those tight games, it's not a lot of room for error. Luckily, though, their defense is great. They've been balling out, kind of keeping these Chiefs in game. But, Dave, there's so much outside football of football things happening with these Chiefs now. Is it distracting or affecting their plays? I don't know. Mahomes had a red zone interception in the end zone last night. Kelsey yep. with the red zone fumble. Those are very unchief like things that are happening. So it's hard to say if it's all the outside noise and things going on or just a little bad luck. Um, but the perception is way different. If MVS does come down with that ball, 
no yeah. one's worried about anything, but he didn't, you know? So what's up with these chiefs in the past? We've seen that they always turn it on because they are the chiefs, but I don't know if we can depend on that, dude. It kind of feels like it's different this year and not in a good way. Yeah. So you mentioned the two red zone turnovers uh, and caused both by Mahomes in one with a poor pass and Kelsey just not holding on. It was a good punch out, but not holding onto the football there. No question about it. The other side, though, Casey, I will say Spags has got this defense playing better, way better than all of those Super Bowl champion uh, Chiefs teams had a defense playing. So um, who knows? It might be a different uh, formula, but uh, I, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not willing to say they've taken a step back yet. Not yet, but. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can help. <laughs> All right, Case, let's move it along. It is the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles at home are favored by three and a half in this one. These Bills coming off their most dominant performance of the season. I know it was the Jets, but their 32 points were the most the Jets have given up in a game this year. And, you know, I don't know if it was Dorsey's fault or not. They ran him. And then in this game, very balanced. 38 rushes, 32 passes. Josh Allen, three touchdowns. But how about that uh, Bills defense? Held the Jets to 155 total yards, <laughs> six sacks, forced four turnovers, and did not allow a third down conversion through the game. Wow. Not first quarter, second for the complete <laughs> game. And, dude, how about the return on investment with Rasul Douglas? They brought him over for the Packers. He intercepted Zach Wilson in the first half. He intercepted Tim Boyle in the second half, and he recovered a fumble, dude. The Bills have 65 points off of turnovers this season. That is the most in the NFL. And, dude, just a couple weeks ago on Monday night, it felt like the loss to Denver was totally devastating and was going to knock those guys out of the playoffs. It doesn't feel like that anymore, dude. What a difference a week makes. All five of Buffalo's losses have been by six points or less, man. Wow. And do not panic. These Bills are just outside the playoffs at the eight seed. With a little help, they can actually still catch the Dolphins and take back control of the AFC East. If they can beat these Eagles, they're going to run into their bye week recharged and ready to make a run, not only for the division, but for the conference. Woo, that would be a huge win, Casey. Let's talk the Eagles, though. They've won four straight, last beating the Chiefs 21-17 to in Kansas City to bring their record up to a league-best 9-1. and The only blemish on the record is a stunning loss to the Jets in an absolute turnover fest. That was, was what was required. The Eagles are the first team since the 2005-06 Colts to begin 9-1 or better, in consecutive seasons. Hertz had his 10th career game with two-plus rushing touchdowns and two touchdowns last week. That ties Cam Newton for most ever by a quarterback. So he's going to shatter that thing for sure. He has 35 rush TDs, most ever by a quarterback in his first four seasons. So obviously he's just going to continue to extend that particular record. The Chiefs were able to hold wide receiver A.J. Brown to just one reception and eight yards last week. But on the season, he's tied 
for second in the NFL with 1,013 receiving yards. Devontae Smith did get it going last week with six grabs for 99 yards, including one that set up that really short touchdown. So almost a touchdown for him. He would have had a touchdown in three straight games. Couldn't get it in. Um, DeAndre Smith, uh, Swift rather, DeAndre Swift with 107 scrimmage yards and his fourth touchdown last week. He ranks third in the NFL with 690 rush yards this year. Overall, Philadelphia offense, eighth in yards, fifth in points, right? Top 12 in both passing and rushing, very balanced. Number one on third down at 48%. Thanks to the brotherly shove, as we know, they're the best at it. The Eagles defense, very good too. 17th in yards, number one versus the run, but just 28th versus a path and pass and 27th on third down. So um, it should be interesting. They are good at getting after the quarterback. They're 10th in the league with 31 sacks. So, but will the, um, will the uh, 28th versus the pass come into play in this particular game as we would expect Josh Allen to unleash a bunch of uh, passes in this one. And we'll see if they can make that, uh, you know, make that stick against this Eagles D. Let's go Buffalo. (laughs) Need the bills to get this win, man. I can't believe the Monday night. So, oh, terrible, but they fought their way back in there. So it is a good team and they're winning lots of football games, but the hell with the Eagles, Dave, I say to hell. We got another bird uh, game to talk about half of them anyways. It is the Baltimore Ravens, your Los Angeles Chargers, and the Ravens come into town three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, and the Chargers, Casey, whoo, how can I exhale, sigh. Their record stands at four and six, losing to the Packers 23-20 to last week after repeatedly failing to execute in the red zone. There Dave, you six... look like a battered football fan. When you started talking Chargers, you started I, know, I just started getting into my... <laughs> <laughs> Soothe, self-soothing. <laughs> okay, six drops, dropped passes in the game. That's Ooh. more than any single game in, in this, this season, uh, statistically speaking. Six dropped, like, clear drops. Right, including a fourth down conversion, two easy touchdowns to Keenan Allen, and a likely game winner to rookie Quentin Johnston. Oh, and there was also the fumble by Eckler at the two. So three red zone trips resulted in six points instead of 21. That's how you lose. And the Chargers lost another close one. For those keeping score at home, of the six Charger losses, Five of them were lost by a a combined 14 points, okay? So less than three points per game. Again, despite all the drop passes, Justin Herbert was absolutely spectacular. 260 and two touchdowns, a season-high 73 rushing yards on 10 carries. I think every one of them was for a critical first down in that game. He played, uh, historically speaking, he's played well on Sunday night footballs at home. Uh, football games at home. He he's got four career starts on Sunday Night Football. He's uh, averaged over 275 yards and a passer rating of over 100. We can hope for that to come into play this game. Keenan Allen, Casey, I'm, I say, say it every. He is killing it. Even the two, if he didn't, if he did, if he caught those two passes, it would have been an insane game. He still had 10 catches, 116, and a touchdown. His second straight game uh, and his 18th career game with 10 catches. 18 10 catch games in his career, wow. second straight. Tied for the most for the third most in history 
He now leads the NFL with 83 catches and is fourth in receiving yards with 1,011. That's two yards away from, or three yards, I guess, technically away from second place. Again, we people don't realize the season that Keenan is ha- having because the Chargers are failing to cut, convert those into wins. Donald Parham, uh, a career-high 57 yards last week. Stone Smart, the other tight end, uh, his first touchdown uh, of his career in Week 11 there. So uh, Bolt's defense has been the issue, as we know. They are last in total yards and versus the pass, tied for 23rd in points given up, which actually, like I said earlier, isn't really that awful in terms of yeah. points given up. Uh, the defense has actually been very effective rushing the passer, fifth in the league with 34 sacks on the season. Khalil Mack had two sacks last week, a forced fumble, and a pass defense. So uh, the defense has 15 takeaways on the season. The Chargers are plus seven. Again, uh, when I do, I go through these stats every week, and it's mind-boggling that we're four and six, but there we are. Uh, Chargers just have to find a way not to lose a game they're supposed to be winning. We'll see if they could. Obviously, this is a tough opponent. No question. Yeah. No, one of the best teams in the NFL. So here's the NFL. Any given Sunday theory, anyone? Yeah, well, the good thing for the Chargers is these Ravens have a propensity of blowing leads in the fourth quarter. So right? someone's going to give this game away. You just hope those guys are wearing purple and black. But, Dave, with those Chiefs losing on Monday night for the moment, the Ravens are now the one seed in the AFC. Woo-hoo! But if they both went out, the Chiefs do hold the conference tiebreaker with them. But after the Chargers and then the Rams, the Ravens are on the road at the Jags and then at the 49ers before home games with the Finns and the Steelers. That's the third toughest remaining schedule, while other AFC contenders, the Dolphins 14th, Chiefs 19th, Jags 22nd, even the Browns in there with the 23rd easiest schedule comeback. So unfortunately, we mentioned earlier, they're going to be without Mark Andrews for at least a few weeks. Harbaugh said there might be an outside chance that he could get back at some point in time. That's coach speak. Yeah. (laughs) That's like a season ending injury to me, but I guess you hold out hope until you know that there is no hope. They do like Isaiah likely and Charlie Kolar dude, the uh, tight end from Iowa state, but look for the receiving core to get more opportunities with Andrews out. OBJ had a big game versus Cincy on Thursday night, both Bateman and Aguilar had a touchdown. But the Ravens, dude, they make their money running the football, the number one run team in the NFL. It's actually something the Chargers have been pretty good against lately, although slowing Lamar down is a whole nother deal, dude. Ravens, pretty good at defense, too. Sorry. Three, uh, third in total defense, second in scoring defense, giving up just about 16 points a game. And the Ravens are okay either way with a win or a loss. But a win for these Chargers will galvanize that squad, whereas a loss might totally blow this team up. This is a pivotal game for the Chargers. Like I said, not as important for the Ravens. Of course, they want to win, but I feel like the Chargers have a ton riding on this game. Without a doubt, they have a ton riding on it, Casey. The last time Justin Herbert faced the Ravens, it was a blitz fest, and uh, our offensive line had no answers whatsoever. So oh, we better come up with something better this time. Well, at least there won't be a ton of Ravens fans in the stands. Oh, oh, it's a home <laughs> game for the Chargers. Welcome, Ravens. <laughs> they just don't change the signage other than that. It's other than that. All right, moving it on to Monday Night Football, Casey, where we can see 
the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings at home favored by three and a half in this one. Yeah, both teams coming off a disappointing loss is that they almost played well enough to win. Almost. Ideally for the Bears, they keep on improving without winning games. More close losses. Keep that draft pick as high as possible. The Vikes right now still the seventh seed in the NFC, even with that road game that they lost against those red-hot Broncos. But Josh Dobbs, dude, this cat just brings juice, man. He's the type of guy that you want to root for, even not being a Vikings fan. And with their buy-up next, I imagine they probably keep Justin Jefferson out of this game. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't need him against the Bears. But if they get to the buy, he and Dobbs will have that whole um, off time to work on some chemistry. This could be a very dangerous team moving into the postseason. And if the Lions slip up just a bit, the Vikings play the Lions twice in the final three weeks of the season. So anything is possible. Will they catch the Lions? I don't know, but it's a fun story. And I love the way Josh Dobbs plays and, uh, you know, let it fall where it may. They're going to be rocking in the, uh, that Viking ship on Monday night. Someone's going to hit that big old, uh, horn pipe before the game. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm right there with you on Dobbs, dude. Warrior career his whole career this uh, just it's so fun to see him get this chance right now yeah. uh, and after languishing sort of this beginning of the season in Arizona and suddenly he's the savior here in Minnesota so and you know with cousins we're coming off an injury contract over yeah. late, you know Dobbs could be the guy moving forward we have no idea. open up for him yeah yep, no question Pretty they just gotta watch man. out for uh a little crazy quarterback action from the Bears there keep him contained Mm-hmm. You know, because he's got something to say, too. All right. Good that enough. is going to do it, folks. It is going to be a great week 12 in the NFL. So many ways to check out the football dudes. Trends are now available for subscription. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are also on Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just head on over to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoy all the family food, football, fun, all the Fs that are associated with this amazing holiday. Um, We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave. We are out of here.